The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Like a lot of companies, First Guaranteed Mortgage Corporation is downsizing as a loan, loan origination slows down. But it's the way FGMC announced the layoffs that's getting attention. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network, and today I'm joined by editor Dave Krzyzewski. Dave, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. So Dave, talk to me a little bit more about the FGMC layoffs and specifically why are people so upset about them? Well, imagine that you're going to work just like you did every day. It's a Friday and you get in the office and you check your email and there's a message saying you're going to be involved in a Microsoft Teams meeting in an hour. So you don't have much time to prepare for it and you join the meeting and you realize, wait a minute, there is 480 other people on this meeting. What's going on? And within 10 minutes, you find out what's going on is you're losing your job. Uh, it's That alone is enough to get people upset. Yeah, but, you think with but what happened with Better.com, that companies would find a different way to make these announcements. Well, I mean, I suppose it's better than just receiving an email saying you're losing your job, but you know... It's not necessarily face-to-face with the CEO, per se, but still, it's not a happy way to find – not that there is a happy way to find out you're losing your job. But worse, not only did the CEO lay off 480-something people, he also told them there's going to be no severance. And then this was on Friday, June 24th, and he told everyone that uh, in addition to no severance, we're only going to continue your health benefits through the end of the month, which essentially was six days. So that there are other things too. There were uh, seasonal bo- or quarterly bonuses that they did for upper management. Those were not paid. Uh, and the one, I suppose, one bright side, if there is a bright side, is that people got paid their uh, paid time off in a lump sum, but they mishandled that too because it showed up in their pay stubs on Thursday and the layoff was on Friday. And missing uh, all that, how? I mean, talk to me a little bit more about that and and what what that may or may not have tipped off employees to. Yeah. In a lot of companies, they do this electronically now. Our company does that. And you get your pay stub on your app, in your phone on Thursday, but the money doesn't really show up in your account till Friday. But you get essentially your W-2. And in it, for those who were paying attention at FGMC, was was something odd in that a lot of the employees had paid time off and that was wiped to zero, but they had received a lump sum payment for the remaining time off that they had. And so for anyone, anyone wondering what was going on, it didn't make sense that they would receive that because there's still a lot of time left in the, in the year. Mm-hmm. And so some managers asked HR about it, and the response they got back was that it was a glitch. Uh, it turned out not to be a glitch. It was just someone had jumped the gun by putting that in that week's paycheck. And And – not to speak for the person who called it a glitch, but it certainly if you're a laid off employee, it looks like the company 
not being honest and hiding about what hiding what was about to come. Did 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 FGMC give notice to anybody? I mean, usually you have to file warn notices and and things like that. Right there, if you're doing a mass layoff, which can depending on what state you're in, could be as low as a fifty or sixty person layoff. Uh, the federal law has sets the limit at a hundred. So if you have a hundred or more employees and you're doing a mass layoff, which could be you know, maybe not the entire staff, but a significant portion of it, you're supposed to give 60 days notice, not just to the employees, but also to the state. You know, a lot of teams have what they call rapid response teams that can come out and prepare people who are being laid off, help them with the resumes, uh, help them find recruiters, help them maybe even find a job before they get laid off. And that did not happen in this case. FGMC filed their warn notice because again, they were laying off something like 76% of their staff that day, but they didn't notify the state of Texas that they were doing this until the day they did the layoffs. And the notice wasn't posted online until the following Monday. So certainly less than the 60 days required by federal law. Yeah, I would say zero is fewer than 60 days. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at OriginatorConnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. Did, did employees, you know, th- there's this tip of, of, the, of the vacation time that, you know, in hindsight looks like it was a signal, but were there signs within, you, you talked to a few of the employees who were in this meeting, were there signs that something was wrong? Yeah, there, there were some significant signs, actually. Uh, one of the biggest was that the company had lost a huge financial partner, a company called PIMCO, that had made a major investment in the company in 2015. And we still don't exactly know why, although we can guess. Uh, they backed out of supporting FGMC in March. And before that happened, FGMC was trying to find another company to kind of take over for PIMCO and be their financial backer. And that negotiation fell through. We, I was told that it was a company called Place. They have a website, place.com. Uh, they're a major financial technology company. Uh, that's, uh, it's called a unicorn. They have a, they, at, in November of 2021, uh, they were valued at over a billion dollars. So they certainly had some money they could have invested, but that never worked out. But there were other signs too. They were doing fewer loans. Uh, they, you know, writing fewer loans, also buying fewer, uh, fewer loans from what they call third-party originators. Uh, and you know, just overall, the business was slowing down. Now, it's cyclical. There's a lot of that going on in the industry anyway. But this was, some of this was unusual from uh, the standpoint of some of these employees who said you know, they hadn't seen stuff like this before. And in the end, it turned out that it looks like the company was just sort of preparing to shut down. They stopped taking mortgage applications altogether. They closed their headquarters in Plano, Texas the day before they made the announcement of the layoffs, told everybody to work remotely from home. Uh, and you know, again, you know, these little kind of signs that added up to what should have been a big thing. A big red flag. So what happens, I'm assuming there were probably some loans in the pipeline that were in the works when, when these these people get laid off. W- what happens to those? No one knows. There's, the company has not said. The company has not responded to questions that we've sent their CEO. Uh, and 
the uh, employees I spoke with said they had customers, which means both well, primarily they're talking to other loan originators, probably third-party originators who are wondering, well, what the heck's going to happen? I gave you a bunch of loans or you bought a bunch of loans from us. Um, are they going to be funded? And no one knows. The company has not said, and we don't know how many loans are in the pipeline. We don't know how many of those have rate locks. We don't know how many of those have been funded already and how many won't be. Uh, so it's it's not just something that will affect FGMC. It could affect these other third-party originators as well. Certainly a lot of ripple effects. Um, as you mentioned, with, with the, the warn notice requirement, a, a big part of that is so that employees can get help from these response teams. Is, is FGMC or is anybody doing anything to help these employees once the rug was pulled out from underneath them? Uh, FGMC, no. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard back from the state of Texas yet. They have something called the Texas Workforce Commission, uh, which is the organization that's supposed to be notified and can send out its rapid response team. Uh, they told me they would get back to me with answers to my questions by the end of the day. I still haven't heard from them yet. But that doesn't mean nobody's helping. Uh, there are some former, they're not necessarily top level executives, but they're upper management uh, folks uh, like executive VPs and senior VPs who took to, of all things, LinkedIn and announced to the world that they wanted to help their former employees so that they weren't left in the lurch. So they've asked their employees to send them their resumes, send them information about you know, what they're looking for, what their skills are. And they will put them in touch with recruiters who have already stepped up and said, yeah, we'll take a look at this and see if we can help. And there are other lending organizations that have already stepped up uh, that have said we may have some jobs for these people. So they didn't have to do that. You know, it wasn't their fault that everybody got laid off. They got laid off too, you know. Uh, so they could have just washed their hands of it and walked away, uh, but they chose not to do that. And you know, what they told me was, you know, they saw people who were busting their butts trying to get these loans done, working late into the night. They have family. You know, there's, I was told there's one guy whose wife is pregnant. Uh, you know, there's another guy who's, who just got laid off, whose wife just got laid off a few weeks ago. So, you know, everybody's struggling. Prices are high. Gasoline is high. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on with the economy and it affected the company, obviously, but it also affects the workers. And these folks are trying to give them a hand. Yeah. And hopefully it works out and they're able to help these, these people find happy endings and, and find uh, places to work. Dave, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Thanks. We'll have the rest of your headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, June 28th. Congress is holding a hearing today on house affordability and accessibility as prices keep skyrocketing. Coincidentally, two reports show us just how high prices keep going. The FHFA says prices in April were up almost 19% year over year, and an S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller study puts the growth rate at just over 20%. And Zillow and Redfin are among the growing list of companies who are paying travel costs for employees who have to go out of state for reproductive care. Redfin says it's had a policy in place for a while to make sure all employees have equal access to care, regardless of where they live. Meanwhile, Zillow says it put in a policy to do the same ahead of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. 
All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.